Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Turn quick stops for this and that into quick stops for cash back. With new Chase Freedom Flex, you'll earn 3% cash back at drugstores. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hey, it's Amy from Collider Heroes, and I have to talk to y'all about DC Universe. As you know, it is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans. It is the home of original series that I love, like Titans and Young Justice Outsiders Parts 1 and 2. The comic library includes over 20 thousand titles y'all from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before it is available on all your favorite devices and you can sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join napa know how get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned napa because right now when you order from napa online you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some staying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA member FDIC. We have so much more San Diego news to talk about. I'm Amy Dallin. I'm Coy John Rowe. And it's Giant Size Heroes, number 12, I think. Number 12. We've hit the anniversary issue. We've been on either a year or three months, depending on if you're at the comic book or a real-life situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a you know, occasionally comics go weekly. Usually they're trying to hit, like, an issue 700 or 1,000 or something. Yeah, there's an accelerated mark. Uh, last week, I unfortunately called it issue number 10 for the two weeks in a row. That was 11. I was very tired. It was 10 and 10 too. It's it like was, Final Fantasy. It was 10 the sequel. <laughs> so we are now at issue 12, and uh, everyone that came out to our Collider panel at Comic-Con, you guys were darling. The so best. Uh, someone asked me about the potato scale live, which it was... was- so beautiful. Warmed my heart. Like, and that's a, that's a giant size exclusive. We don't talk about the potato scale on, on Heroes. So mm-hmm. that means you guys are listening. So I wanted to say thank you in the proper format, giant size. Thank yeah, you. That was the best. So do we have anything we uh, need to talk about this week? Well, you see, the fact they didn't give us seven hours in the podcast <laughs> means we have to cut. Uh, I, I mean, the Marvel panel was better than expectations, which is saying a lot. Uh, because the expectations couldn't have been higher, and then the delivery couldn't have been cooler. But we didn't get to talk about this on Clatter Heroes' video podcast, and that is that they mentioned the words Fantastic Four and said the word mutants. Now, in my approximation, Kevin Feige is canon in the MCU, in my opinion. Anything Kevin Feige says becomes MCU canon. So now we got to experience mutants said for the first time in the MCU, because Kevin said it. Sure. I we've, guess. Never, we've only said miracle children, so I'm counting mutants being said at Hall H being the first time mutants was said in the MCU. I mean, it's equally meaningful for me because it somehow there there is this bizarre. I can't explain why it should be so. We all knew they had the rights back. We knew they were talking about it. We knew they were working towards it, and yet I was not prepared for the feeling of saying we haven't even talked about Fantastic Four and the mutants. And it's because it is real now. Yeah. That is real. Uh, these things are happening. I love playing back. I think we talked about this on the panel, but I love playing back the idea of those interviews where it was like we won't see it for at least a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because, A, that was just a very sensible, like, 
things take time. They just do. And second of all, because he, I'm sure, knew that he was about to tell us about literally two years worth of material. Yeah. Uh, that, and, it, you know, we might see them very soon. Who knows? Or, I mean, if it takes five years, it takes five years. And I'm kind of fine with that because there's so much other good stuff going on. I, phase four is going to be overwhelming. We have 10 properties coming out between now and 2022. It's like, incredible. That's just so they, much. They said they, they didn't even get to Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. What else was on the didn't get to list? Uh... Fantastic Four, Mutants, uh, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. Guardians 3, we know is happening. Guardians 3, which I think is going to be part of Phase 5. So uh, these are our guesses for Phase 5. Our our Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, Blade is probably part of Phase 5, I believe. I think it was confirmed, yeah. Yeah, because he's not on the timeline for Part 4. Which is only three years away. Is it a movie or TV? We assume it's a movie, right? I assume it's a movie, and I assume they have to film it. So I would (laughs) assume 2023 is very reasonable. Like, it's 2020 in four months, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Four That's months, impossible. ten days, twenty twenty. <laughs> what the hell is going on? So, twenty twenty one is not far, and by the time you listen to this podcast, it's even closer. <laughs> so, uh, anything else that you're looking forward to, either maybe being announced at D twenty three, or that you hope is part of Phase five? Um, I mean, I got some. I got some mutant bias. Uh, definitely want to hear about the X Men. Want to hear about a certain Merc. I uh, want to hear about the Fantastic Four officially in a way that, like, I really liked. My favorite thing was that. Hall H still had the reverence of Hall H, and they gave us a Hall H-level panel, and I don't feel like that hurt their D23 announcement. I feel Mm -hmm. like Kevin Feige is such a genius even announcing things that he was able to make the D23 upcoming announcement more anticipated Mm -hmm. by the way he set up the end of his Comic-Con Hall H panel, and we as Comic-Con zealots didn't feel shortchanged. Like, there's artistry in what Kevin Feige does, who, by the way, was so excited to do this panel that... His zeal – I've never met someone more excited about the MCU than me until I met Kevin Feige. <laughs> like we get, we talked about how excited he was to unveil that. We talked about his personal yeah, investment. Yeah, I got to meet Kevin Feige and I'm so excited because now we are all part of that because we are all uh, – you may not know this, but we all have a tiny piece uh, invested in your psychic persona. <laughs> so you just carry us with you everywhere you go. You didn't opt into that, but I it's happening. I didn't sign that memo, but here we are. Uh, and so we all met Kevin Feige. What was he like? Uh, so I didn't just meet Kevin Feige. We talked a long time. That's like, so good. I had a great conversation with Kevin Feige. He uh, – one uh, – watch this comic book shopping sometimes, which blew my mind. Uh, new Heroes, which blew my mind. Uh, I'm not ready uh, to know that. I can't know that. He he knew about the El Cap stuff, the presentation. Like, Kevin Feige like, – You're referring to when you uh, hosted some screenings at El Capitan, which is a theater in Hollywood, for the lead up to Endgame. The 22 movie run leading up to Endgame. I, I hosted some and, and Kevin – We Kevin, call it the El Cap because we're inseparable. Yep. We are the worst – LA people ever. No, we're not. We're amongst them. Um, so it, it was it was really surreal. And then I I wanted to know what it felt like to be Kevin Feige announcing stuff. I feel like that poor man is it represents such a large empire that he doesn't get to be Kevin Feige talking about it. Does that make sense? Like he does he represents I wanted to know how he felt. And he was more excited to talk about what the phase four announcement meant to him than anyone and like just how relieving it was to finally get those things on the table that he'd been hiding. Like I feel like people don't appreciate the fact that secrecy is such an important part of all of this and this man knows the next ten years and has to be like, don't tell anyone. So it was really cool to see the guy just happy at a party, post his giant announcement, just celebrating the revels of like, holy crap, I'm gonna go change the world again. Uh, and he is just Really compassionate and caring and cares so much about the fans. He's so invested. He wanted to know about my opinion about the panel. He wanted to know about my opinion about the Phase 4 um, you know, details and Slate. And uh, he's great. The Russos are, are always incredible to talk to about their, their, their mind and how, how they want things shaped. They were in the audience with us at Hall H. They watched it with us. Um, I got to talk to Marcus and McFeely at the con. Um, we played a game. So Perry does this thing, like, would you rather? Mm-hmm. So I decided to be a malicious version of that and do which comic book canon would you destroy? Oh, So I did, wow. I did a would you rather of death. And it was uh, – so it was like um, the demon in the bottle storyline or Extremis, which oh. one is gone from canon forever. Uh, the death of Cap or Cap no more. And I ran through like which storyline – because I'm evil. Uh, and it was really cool to have that conversation conversation with them and then see them just like, I don't know. Uh, so that interview will be up this week um, if it's not already. And they are so enthusiastic and so invested in the lore. And 
they just wanted to talk. Like that interview could have gone on an hour. They were mm-hmm. they were so rad. Um, so Marcus McFeely, the Russos, Kevin Feige, everyone that you think is awesome is even more awesome in person. Uh, also got to to talk to Shang Chi himself, who was announced at Hall H about. You, just, you, could, you know, that's a thing you can say now. There's a Shang Chi. <laughs> he's been cast. He's out there in the world. They're making a movie starring him. And he's, he's so nice. And he's so great. And he like he was really kind. And, and he's he's so excited. He found out he got the role four days before he got it. Unbelievable. Uh, he was darling. Uh, Tessa Thompson is is just the best. I I don't want this turned into me name dropping. Um, I I want you to understand that I had the expectation of holy crap, these characters mean the world to me, and the people playing them are doing them such justice. I'm afraid to meet them because if I change how. I see them as a human versus a character, but they're just as good of people as they are as actors. All of them are great. Here's the deal. You can never know what's going to happen at a con. There's always a good chance that you get to meet some wonderful folks who've worked on, like, whether it's going by an artist alley table to discover your new favorite or uh, waiting in line to talk to a legend and have them sign your comics. One of the best things about cons is the chance that you're going to have an experience like that. So my segue here is that basically had you gotten to have these conversations and didn't share it with us – we would have words. (laughs) I would be very angry if you were like, and also, I'm just not going to tell you that Tessa Thompson was lovely. Um, I would be real mad at you right now because we can't, you can't take this stuff for granted. It's really special to have had these opportunities to be at San Diego and we are here in large part so that we can share that stuff with y'all. That makes me feel better about name dropping because that's (laughs) not the intention and that's really tricky in LA. Uh, But know know that Taika Waititi is just as invested in 80s American culture (laughs) to the point where he was wearing an acid wash denim jacket that looked like it was a Stranger Things extra costume and was just like rocking out. Uh, every single person, like it was basically the, the after party for the whole age. So I met most of Marvel uh, and they were all the best. I'm not going to take up this whole giant size talking about how great that night was because I will have it forever. Also, I got a Black Widow hat. <laughs> yes, they gave out hats at the panel. I'm so excited. Uh, you should have brought it to the show. You have to bring it to the Next show at week. some point. Uh, but there was so much more. This is just – you know us. You know that we are delighted to meet the people who make the things that we love. Uh, and if we ever stop feeling that way, check on us. Please do uh, check it. Because we have been invasion of the body snatched. Um, snatched, I guess. Uh, so – a lot of other stuff dropped at Comic-Con, and we have so much to get through. So let's start it off. Let's do it. New trailer for Watchmen. What is it? I cannot wait for this show yeah. because the more I see, the less I know. Yep. Which rhymes, which makes it even more true. Uh, it's It looks like the world of Watchmen, but in a different lens. And I love Zack Snyder's Watchmen. It's actually one of the things I point to, like, look at what they can do. But this looks completely different while still feeling like Watchmen. I am really excited. I mean, partly because they've just got such incredible people working on it. Like Regina King, I would be sold by by herself on this show. Uh, but it is fascinating. I mean, I'm comfortable at this point. Like, they they really emphasized that it wasn't a sequel. It was a remix. I'm comfortable saying this is a sequel because it takes place later in time in the same universe. And that's what worries me. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm interested in I, – I get – I guess I can see how they were trying to emphasize that – they want to accomplish something similar and use a lot of the same elements but in surprising combinations. So I'm really interested to see if they can do a sequel that is also a remake at the same time. If that can be done, I think that's what they're trying to do. And it's fascinating because, the, of course, the immortal work Watchmen itself by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons is a kind of a remix of a century of pop culture. Mm-hmm. That is part of the fabric of that comic in what is a pretty inextricable way. So... I'm fascinated to see how these choices play out and what they tell us about the mission of uh, this series. But again, there is no wrong time uh, to examine the theme of responsible use of power, to examine the theme of who watches the Watchmen, the classic quote, which is the origin of the name. Also, uh, you know, I hope they were called the Minutemen in this version. Tiny Hill to die on, but... I believe. Yeah. I, it's a long form, which gives me hope they have time for something that dense. Yeah. And that, that, that is why you do these as shows, which is also tying it back into Marvel shamelessly. I can't wait to live in these universes longer than two hours. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for Disney+. Plus. I'm so excited that they consider all the Disney Plus shows part of Phase 4. I like that it's seamless. Like, we see it in theaters, see it at home, see it in theaters. And they all tie together, like directly WandaVision into Doctor Strange, those sort of things. Marvel's reinventing the wheel the same way DC Universe invented the, reinvented the wheel. Mm. I love that DC Universe had comics attached to their shows. Yeah. And now Marvel has shows attached to their movies. One day, 
I hope we have all of the above and we have an app with movies, TV shows, comics, everything in one beautiful source. And DC Universe has that and it's only growing. So I, it's – it's so dope. And thank you for the kind words. I also had a pretty wonderful Comic-Con because I was working with DC Daily, the show that I do on DC Universe. Your setup was so dope. It was really fun. Uh, we got to just, you know, Jim Lee just came by one Jim of the episodes. I, I Now I'm the person being like, man, this is an ordinary experience. Um, but he was, of course, delightful to talk to. Uh, and we filmed some, some episodes down there. But we got to be at the, the brand new, like, a very intimidatingly enormous uh, WBDC combo booth that they've set up at San Diego, which if you're a long-time San Diego attendee, it's just interesting to have uh, the geography of the place redefined in that way. But I thought it looked very snazzy. And the DC Universe panel uh, was really delightful in that it gave me the news I desperately wanted. You know how I feel. About Doom Patrol. Yes, season two, season two, season two. Doom Patrol is it's official. Back. Young Justice has also been renewed. We got a trailer for the new Harley Quinn animated series. Uh, but you know where my heart is, and my heart is with Doom Patrol. And uh, Doom Patrol is getting a season two, and very interestingly, will be going simultaneously, I think, to DC Universe and to the new, oh, what's it called? HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. I, the I, new streaming service. HBO Max is the streaming service. Yes. Uh, the the setup of how it's going there was confusing for me. Like certain episodes, like the season, it's not all available in one place at once. Uh, I will put a pin in that and do more research. I think my understanding is that season one is going to become available on HBO Max the way it already is and on DC Universe, two is and then season on... two is going to roll out on both. I oh, believe. Okay. Please put a pin in that pending further fact checking. Uh, I'm going by the uh, which which article. Uh, that I was checking on this coming soon.net. I hope you have your facts right. If you uh, um, if you haven't been to San Diego Comic Con, one thing you'll notice is that you sometimes get the news from the next room over in an email or in a press release an hour later, and you actually were right there and didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I was not at the Top Gun panel, and that uh, I'm so bummed about it. But I did because internet is rough. Leave the Comic Con, walk down Gas Lamp, leave Gas Lamp. This is now a two mile walk just to watch the Top Gun two trailer with better internet, and it was worth it. Uh, so it's that sort of thing. Where you don't know sometimes the announcements that are made right next door because it's a lot. Well, then there's so much keeping to keep track of. Uh, so the Harley Quinn trailer, honestly, it looks very faithful to the most recent Harley Quinn runs. Uh, the style is very, very cute, uh, which I am excited about. Uh, it, you know, it's she is in so many ways a mirror to Deadpool, and it's kind of hilarious. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously, I'm going to be watching the heck out of this one. What about you? I'm I love Harley Quinn. Uh, I. I love the classic look. I miss it. I always miss it. I, no, actually, I have a different thing. I really am excited to love Kelly Cuoco. I think mm. that's how you say it. Uh, because I could not hate Big Bang Theory more. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited to love her because I rarely hate things. But your boy hates what the Big Bang Theory says about people that are like me. So I, That is a long conversation that we should definitely have because it's been a really interesting, like, the journey of that show. Some of the, like... Some, the people who work on it are really lovely humans, uh, which always complicates my feelings about yeah, things, I, I, or at least yeah. the ones that I, like, tangentially know sure, who have sure. worked on it. I Like, I don't know Chuck Lorre. <laughs> I just, um, you know, my culture is not your marketing standpoint. Like, I just don't – I don't like the, the abuse of what they see geek culture as. It's so fascinating because, of course, I waited so long for them to, like, put lady nerds on that show. It was a, a situation for me, like, from the outside. But I also knew from the comic shop folks who uh, – really loved it sincerely from the get-go because they hadn't seen jokes made that, like, references... Because you got to remember what the TV landscape was like when the sure, show came sure, out. Sure, 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 um, I was... Like, this is a whole conversation that we're apparently having now on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, but it, it was... I've always had really complicated feelings about it because for some folks, like, it is sitcom but it's a sitcom. That's its job. Mm-hmm. Um, and some folks did actually feel, like, really bonded to the, like, they're talking about things I care about. There are jokes that actually make sense, like the the scientists being mad that the guy who does pop science gets hired at their university and feeling passed over for that. That is a real kind of nerd thing to care about. Sure. It's uh, magnified and turned into sitcominess, and and it has, you know, and and obviously my 
they, I think, eventually did add lady nerds. I'm not super familiar with how the show rolls out over time. It, it just felt but, like uh, it was laughing at nerds, not with them. It felt like it was pandering I've to people I've met people that... who feel both ways, and it's weird for me because, yeah, that's a... Uh... On the potato scale, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a half-rotten potato with a lot of those eyes coming out of it that still has some good potato in it. But you have to cut around a lot of the rotten potato in order to even see the potato that it once was. That's the Big Bang Theory to me. It that is, a... is amazing. Uh... <laughs> Although I will also say that there's just the, like, there's also that part of it where even when I've seen clips that did things I really disliked, I kind of had to hand it to some of those performers who were very good at their jobs. I have jobs nothing against their performers. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm really excited to like Kelly Cuoco a lot, the way a lot of geeks do because I have nothing against her. She was given words to do a job. She did her job. Like, it's literally I'm saying I want to like her mm-hmm. because I respect that she likes the con culture because she does these things. I like that she goes to cons and meets fans and it seems lovely. So I'm excited to have a property that I'm excited to cheerlead about her because I couldn't hate Big Bang Theory more. So I, I, like, I need that, you know? Like, Big Bang Theory to me is like what reefer madness is to stoners like it's like this thing that's like what is that and why is it associated with this world i love i just so i i'm excited for harley quinn in a very personal way that has nothing to do with harley quinn (laughs) (laughs) i think she would approve of random meta feelings getting uh, complicating (laughs) let's take a quick break you know it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal not gonna lie it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rumhaven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Before we move on, I need to talk to you all again about DC Universe. It is the ultimate DC membership for DC fans, and you can join now to catch up on part one of the original series, Young Justice Outsiders, and then stream new episodes. Part two is dropping right now every week in July and August. You can keep watching DC's most iconic young superheroes and other brand new characters discover the unique meta powers and special abilities while they face the new threat of meta trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these superpowered youths. This season's storyline is fantastic y'all you gotta catch up and enjoy young justice outsiders as well as other dc original series like titans and doom patrol along with over 20,000 comics animated films and classic dc movies it is available on all your favorite devices and you can join by signing up now at dcuniverse.com slash join let's take a quick break you know it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island, somewhere far, far away, which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. 
Today specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Uh, her, Harley would, not, not Kaylee, probably. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's oh, man, I want to do, like, a full hour on that. Because, yeah, at, at the time they rolled that show out, I was literally a nerd and a waitress. And I thought that the premise of the show was that I could not exist. Oh, You know? And yeah. it was just, like, um, but ultimately, like... Man, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock, they came up with an effective five-way version of that. Like, these jokes started to filter onto the internet where I was like, there are real nerds writing on this show. Some. I Like, yeah, at least some. But there were also times I felt like Flash Thompson was writing on the show. Like, it's, there were also yeah. times where it was like, uh, puny Parker. Neither of us has actually watched that much of it, have we? No. Yeah, so we don't know. We're just reacting to things. I respect my eyes and ears. <laughs> but I shouldn't comment on something I haven't seen enough of. So any Big Bang Theory fans that like our show, I apologize if it's your favorite thing. Because there is crossover. And there are things to like about it. That's why it's only a half rotten potato. (laughs) This is endlessly amusing to me. But we do have a lot more stuff to talk about. We got an early renewal for the boys, a giant premiere. Yes. Uh, We got uh, early reviews and reactions for Batwoman. I was not able to be at that screening. Uh, Nor was I. Uh, It was was the busiest con of my life. I was not able to be there. But we should also say a certain uh, The Boys artist uh, did come into the studios, so you should keep an eye out for Look a Derek Robertson interview. Uh, very excited to talk to him. He's fantastic, and I love I love the best of the boys. There's some boys stuff that doesn't work for me, but the stuff that does really does, and it did it before a lot of other properties started doing it, so it was a commentary on superhero culture in the way that became really popular. Now, there's, there's obviously stuff like damage, damage control and all those things that reflected it before the boys, but the boys did it, did it in a very, like, HBO way before a lot of other properties did uh let's see we got more new announcements more trailers uh there's a trailer for snowpiercer i just like to beat the drum of like hey you didn't know that was a comic (laughs) but it is uh jennifer connelly always good news uh that's coming i think to tbs but we also got a bunch of comic book news at the comic con uh i got to moderate a couple of panels which was a huge honor a couple of panels for dc uh which was really delightful Coy, did i tell you uh i got to moderate the dc year of the villain panel which was really lovely it was talking about the major storyline they're doing right now that's rolling through justice league and a lot of the other books uh it was with scott snyder josh uh joshua williamson james tyne in the fourth and tom taylor who has oh, it tom taylor you're not even ready, though. He's so sweet. He's so lovely. And in the middle of the panel, he randomly mentioned uh, that his background included some theater and circus stuff. I love you more, Tom Taylor. And I we hope were you're like, listening. I'm sorry. Hold on. What? Uh, <laughs> you, you did what? Uh, so he got up from the panel, took one of those heavy metal chairs that you sit in at your panel at San Diego Comic-Con and balanced it in his teeth. What? And just did this acrobat walk, like, just with... The chair uh, wobbling precariously over his head just for a second, just to sort of be like, still got the moves, because there's nothing that man can't do. We have talked about his range, and we usually mean beautiful, lighthearted things and horrible, destructive things, uh, both of which are in his wheelhouse somehow. Uh, But then it also turns out superpowers. If you're listening to this, tag Tom Taylor and say, (laughs) hey, Collider Heroes wants you on the show. He's from Australia. How are we ever going to get him? Anytime he's here. Any, yes. I, I will get up at midnight. I will drive to the studio. I will I will pay to have the lights turned. I want to talk to Tom Taylor <laughs> so badly, and now I want that even more. Holy crap, that's amazing. Okay, so we also got... Jesus. This, this, that's not exactly comic book news. It was just a really fun thing. No, that is comic con. book news. Tom Taylor balanced a chair in his teeth. That is the comic. That's an, You get an Eisner for being a Cirque du Soleil performer and comic writer. Thank you, sir. Here's your award. So uh, we are going to get to the Eisners because they were, as every year, my highlight of the con. Uh, but we also got a ton of comic book news itself. They rolled out all of the new X-Men comics. Yes, huge. Uh, six new titles are coming in October and November, spinning out of House of X and Powers of X. House of X is our pick of the week this week. At the time of filming this, I don't think either of us has gotten to read it. No. Because it is not out yet when we are filming this. But we are desperately excited for it to yeah. see what the heck they're doing. Pepe Larraz and uh, Jonathan Hickman uh, with House of X. I, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Chip Zdarsky gave a beautiful foul-mouthed endorsement of this, uh, where he was uh, uh, of House of X, where I guess he's already read number two, and he said, like... This is so good. F off, Hickman and Laraz. (laughs) I saw that tweet. It was really very sweet and very funny. Can I also say I finally got to meet Chip? Yeah, how was that? 
Uh, so Chip was doing a signing at Comixology, and it was a really long line, and I wanted to wait, but then they cut off the line like three people before me, and I was like, I would have waited in line for Chip. I hate lines. I would have waited in line for Chip Zdarsky, but they cut me off, so I couldn't. So then I was just like in the area, and Chip walked by, and I was like, hey, man, and uh, he, he watches comic book shopping. What? Uh, so not only does he watch comic book shopping, he apparently watches it, and whenever one of his friends has a book featured on it, we'll send them the clip. So no. Chip is like a fan and ties it all into comic book stuff. So Chip Chip was great. Uh, I told him that I gave uh, – I, I don't know if I've said this on air yet, but I gave Jake Gyllenhaal Sex Criminals off camera. Uh, so <laughs> I gave him another book uh, and I and I like told him why I loved Sex Criminals. So I got to tell Chip directly that story and tell him how much that book means to me and how much I loved like this secret little stuff he hid in the art. So I got to have that conversation with Chip. Um, and then Chip and I just hung out at the Marvel panel for 40 minutes until he had to go to the Eisners. That's so amazing. we talked about Spider-Man. We talked about Daredevil. We talked about Charles Sewell. We talked because him and Charles are friends, and that's who I was with at Comixology, just like waiting. Uh, so we had this great combo about what the Eisners mean to him, and then he went and won. So I got to see his pre-Eisners hype and then see his award speech. So it was this beautiful bookend to my Comic-Con of like, that guy really should get an Eisner. And then he won one drunk, and I was like, yeah. It's funny because he, he gave uh, – so Chip Zdarsky was one of the winners of the Eisner Award. He won best uh, short story, I believe, or best single issue. He won best single issue for, for Peter Parker, right? The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 310, written and drawn by Chip Zdarsky, uh, which, of course, you know, has been one of Corey's picks on many occasions <laughs> uh, and was just a, a standout issue. And he gave he got up and he gave the funny speech. It was right at the end of what is a, every year a very long ceremony. I love it, but it's very long. Uh, and he claimed in his speech to be very drunk. I'm not sure I believe him because he was so clear and funny and present and together. And maybe that's just a superpower. I'm drunk right now. <laughs> Do not listen to Coy. He is lying to you. Uh, Coy crimes. Uh, I guess it's not actually illegal to be drunk at work. But you're not, for the record. <laughs> no, I'm uh, not, for the record. Uh, Next week's show, who knows? But it was, it was really beautiful because he gave this speech. Uh, everyone else had thanked their wonderful editor, so he complained about his uh, in a loving way, um, always trying to make him make things better. Uh, he complained about uh, his, his very wonderful, supportive wife. It was, it was a beautiful moment that it, I, I think I described it as untranscribable because I was trying to live tweet the Eisners, and I was like, I can't. It, it, just, it doesn't work unless you're Chip saying this out loud. Uh, but yes, it, he, he also said he felt like he was cheating because he got to write about Spider-Man. Uh, and he was just like, and that, you know, the, as, an, as a compliment to the rest of the entries in the very strong category. It's almost like he's a very funny, inventive writer of some I sort. Know. This speech sounds like he's... And also Mitch Gerard's one, I believe. He uh, did. Uh, Mitch and Tom King continue to rain down the Eisners uh, on uh, for, for their work on Mr. Miracle. Which, let's see, okay, we're going to run down, what order is While this? you're looking Let's at that, see. I got to say that, that Tom King and Mitch Gerards are impossibly kind. I hadn't met them until this Comic-Con, mm. and they are both so sweet and so caring. Uh, I was walking through the Hilton lobby on Thursday doing to the press room we had, and on the way there, I ran into Tom King while I was getting coffee, and then <laughs> Frank Miller came over, and Tom was like, hey, Coy, do you know Frank? And I was like, I can't <laughs> begin to express to you how I can't answer that, Tom. Uh, and then Josh Williamson came over, and then the three of uh, four of us, uh, the three of them and and I uh, proceeded to have a great conversation about the legacy of Batman, how Superman works on film versus comics, and then where Flash was going. And um, every single person – I did this show called Marvel Movie News. That doesn't mean I don't love DC. And it was the most amazing moment where I was like, I want everyone to know how much I'm in love with these three characters, but not nearly as much as these three men who breathe them. They, it was the most empowering conversation about comics because those guys live them. They know them. Uh, and so it was, it was one of my favorite comic book moments of the con. So, best limited series went to Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Strads. Uh, Goddamn right. And it uh, continues. It's it sort of... It- I keep emphasizing the, like, another Eisner, but I'm pretty sure they were astonished and, and very sweet about all of their success on this. Tom King won Best Writer again. He tied last year with Marjorie Liu. Uh, this was, it, in some ways, an upset just because I don't think of this as a book that's high profi- profile to people who aren't me. But Best Continuing Series, which is one of the major awards, Best Ongoing Comic, went to my, my love Giant Days. 
a tiny boom title uh, by John Allison Max Aaron and Julia Madrigal. Uh, it is wrapping up. You remember a few months ago, I think, when they announced that that one was ending. I gave it a special shout out. Oh, on I do Collider remember Heroes, that. Yeah. Uh, because it has been one of my favorite, weird, wonderful, funny slice of life books. It's impossible to describe, but it's impossible not to love. They agree. And the Eisner judges agree. Uh, there were two Eisner awards, actually, for that one. Best Continuing and I think Best Humor Publication for that. Uh, best Short Story went to Tom King and Jason Fabok for Talk of the Saints and Swamp Thing Winter Special. Uh, best Single Issue we already covered. Best New Series, the all-image category, as we talked about earlier, had five incredible entries in it, and the uh, prize went to Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino from Image. Uh, Johnny Boo by James Kachalka for Early Readers. The Divided Earth by Faith Aaron Hick for p- publication for kids. Two awards for Jen Wang. Uh, Jen Wang, I'm not sure how to say your name, Jen Wang. Uh, for First Second, who won for The Prince and the Dressmaker, one of the best graphic novels of the last several years. Uh, she won Best Writer Artist and uh, Best Publication for Teens for that one. It is an incredible book, and I'm so happy to see it get attention. Uh, best Humor Publication went to Giant Days. Best Anthology went to Puerto Rico Strong, edited by Marco Lopez, Desiree Rodriguez, Hazel Nulevent, D- Derek Rees, and Neil Schwartz from Lion Forge. And the Bob Clampett Humanitarian Award was split between Tula Lute for her wonderful work on Thought Bubble and uh, Edgardo, I've got your name, Miranda Rodriguez, I think. I'm going to verify it. Uh, yes, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez, uh, who's creator of La Borinquena, uh, in Kenya. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, man, there was a lot of stumbling over people's names at the Eisners, and I really think that they should invest in making sure there are pronunciation guides available because there's only so many years that that it sort of – it has started to feel awkward when it's sort of like, well, when you win an award, they should say the name <laughs> right. I, it's just – I love the You're Eisners. I go every year. I missed the first chunk of it this year uh, but got to see the rest of it. Um, I miss Jen Bartell winning Best Cover Artist, which was, oh, I'm so happy for her. But uh, that's just, you know, notes for the Eisners, which I love and would love to go to every year for the rest of my life. That would be a good thing to have, y'all. Uh, we got to see the Hall of Fame entries were incredible this year. Here are the people who are in. Jim Apero. Oh, I love him. June Tarpe Mills, Golden Age legend, uh, female author of Miss Fury. Uh, Dave Stevens. Mm. Creative Rocketeer. Uh, I'm surprised it took this long. I know, right? Maury Turner, who created We Pals, a uh, notable in the history of cartooning. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh, yes. Who uh, gave, his work. Thank you for the kingpin and everything else. Just a beautiful speech uh, shouting out the subversive power of comics. Uh, Wendy and Richard Peeney from ElfQuest, ElfQuest mm. uh, who were both delightful up there. Two sort of simultaneous inductees, Paul Levitz and Jeanette Kahn. Uh, who together remade DC in the 80s, uh, made, are responsible for a bunch of the stuff we love, for greenlighting a bunch of the prestige format and risk-taking uh, material from the DC comics of the 80s. Jeanette Kahn stood up there and said that she was very proud. I'd never heard her speak before. She used to run DC, and uh, she said she was very proud of what they had accomplished. And one of the things she referred to was uh, particularly giving rights to creators, which, and she kind of paused, which they should have had all along. Because the 80s were a time where where things were being pushed in that direction, and it takes, you know, someone to do that. And my my fave, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, you should Google his name. When you imagine DC characters, there's a good chance you are thinking of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. He designed the style guides that went on a lot of uh, merchandise and shirts and things. I own several things that are Jose Luis Garcia Lopez designs, and you probably do too. You just don't know it. Um, he's also a comic book artist, of course, uh, and just a, an incredible class of inductees to the Eisner Hall of Fame. There is so much more that can be said uh, about it. The, the best comics-related periodical and journalism is a great thing to shout out because I know y'all always want more info on comics. It was split this year between Back Issue, a paper magazine from Tomorrow's. Um, I'm, you can probably also get it digitally, but I think of it as a paper one because we carry it in the shop, uh, which is sort of a perennial honoree. And the new uh, Panel X Panel magazine, edited by Hassan Otmane Alhao. Uh, And I know I just said we should know how to pronounce people's names, but unfortunately I missed this bit of the announcements. Sorry about that. Uh, He runs this incredible magazine called Panel by Panel where they spotlight a different new comic and have a bunch of great supplementary material. You can and should get it online. He does YouTube videos breaking down comics. I think he is brilliant. Uh, His video series is called Strip Panel Naked, uh, and it runs through technique in this really wonderful, accessible way. 
Uh, so anyway, that's all very exciting, and I'm going to spend the rest of this hour talking about the Eisners. Uh, <laughs> uh, unless Amy's you stop love me. Of the Eisners is is. Oh yes, Mesterod so did much. get penciler, inker, and uh, Dustin Wynn got painter, multimedia artist, and Jen Bartel got best cover artist, uh, and they are all incredible, incredible people. Uh, well, I mean, incredible artists. I don't know any of them, but they seem awesome. I'm going to give Amy uh, a little shout out here because I've known Amy for six or seven years now, <laughs> and I don't know anyone that loves the Eisners as much as she does. And it's always the highlight of her con, no matter what else happens. And to me, that is a true comic book fan. I consider myself a comic book fan, but the fact that Amy is like, no, Comic Con is an Eisner based event around <laughs> which a con occurs. Like, it's just, it's my favorite thing. So I literally didn't even want to talk during that rant because well, I was like, no, no, I know the Eisner. Amy is the ice. So I don't know the people who put it on, but Jackie Estrada p- presents it every year. Um, there's always the, the very touching in memoriam section was particularly tough this year, as you might imagine. Uh, there have been a lot of losses yeah. in and around comics. Um, it's a personal for us as well. But uh, Jackie Estrada puts on this show every year. Uh, and uh, what was great is right at the end of the ceremony, she came out and said, you know, this is my 50th Comic-Con. And there are a handful of people who can say that. They have been at every San Diego Comic-Con. And what I love is that it really is that place where the community of comics and the celebration of the art form intersect. Okay, so (laughs) if you are at Comic-Con and you have a badge, you can go to the Eisners. Anyone with a badge can go to the Eisners. And yes, it is very long, but I love it. Okay, that's it. That's I'm done. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> we have some comic books. Uh, I love this week's poll list because it is a one of many weeks where Amy and I were texting each other and we're like, wait, do we have the exact same poll list? <laughs> because it's five comics and usually we alternate who gets three and who gets two. But there's weeks where it's like, I have really about these three. And we are always in agreement. Like, okay, if you're passionate about yeah, this yeah. week – all of them. Yeah, it was the same list. It was the same list. And it was really great because they're a very crazy list of books this week. And uh, let's run through them. So the new era of X-Men, whatever it is, starts this week. House of X number one. I couldn't be more excited because I love the X-Men. Uh, I really liked this new run of Uncanny where Sky, Skyclops, Cyclops, Skyclops. Uh, Scott Aww. and Cyclops, Skyclops. I like uh, it. Was finally given some, some due. Like he felt like Cyclops again. But then as the run went on, you could tell they got canceled. They were like, how do we wrap it up? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm excited for Marvel to give a run. It's time. And these creators sound amazing. So give yeah, me that house Yeah, it's very neat to get to read this knowing that we have all those titles rolling out in the fall. It's interesting because for me, they have talked a lot about how much they're going to change with the X books. That lineup looks like books that I remember and love. So I'm curious to see whether it will feel like a whole new thing, whether I'll be mad about that because I'm a comic book fan and we're petty and we hate change, uh, whether I will no. love the new uh, the new face of the X universe. I know that I'm very excited about several of the books that they've announced coming out of this. So whatever it is, I'm excited that it's here. Uh, but all praise to the, like, there has not been a time without X-Books. There have been several X-Books. They just wrapped up all the other ones to give this a clean starting point, and we'll see if it's worth it. And if you've aching, never guys. read an X-Book, this seems like a good jumping-on point because of the continuity mess it's going to be. Like, there's so many different decades of X-Men represented visually, so I imagine they're going to have to do a fair amount of, like, this is the new stuff. It is absolutely designed. If it is day one, book one, it seems like they are saying start here it's Hickman, so we will need a map. Yeah, there's, it's going to be some density. In fact, tell you what. If you're listening to this and you've never read an X-Men book, pick up this book from Hickman, but also pick up Ed Piscor's X-Men because then you'll have a map. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like it'll be a digestible. This is the through line of what the X-Men is leading up to Hickman stuff. Yeah, so you want to look up X-Men Grand Design. Start with It's book only going to take you up through the early 90s, so there's going to be a lot more to but that's figure a good, out. That's, but at least you'll know like the foundation, I think. Yeah. So I'd pick up the four Ed Piscor books. For one, because you should. And two, because I think it's a good guide to get you into the Hickman stuff. Uh, so next up we have Sean Murphy is back for more of the White Knight. Batman Curse of the White Knight starts this week. Obviously, it's going to be on most of your radars, but I don't want anybody to miss this. He is a really interesting writer-artist who's been doing his own thing with his own version of DC. Um, and that we, that is why he is back for more. I love when they let creators play in their own continuity. And this is like an Elseworld. This is like the Black Label stuff. Oh, Good God, I didn't even mention. Uh, DC was amazing to me at Comic-Con, and they let me talk to a ton of the Black Label folk. Uh, I got to talk to Joe Hill about his Hill House, uh, Hill House stuff. Yeah. 
20 minutes with Joe Hill. Uh, I finally got to ask him why his dad used the Green Goblin head on the frickin' Maximum Overdrive. Uh, and it's because his dad thought the Green Goblin was scary. And they were like, yeah, sure, it's the 70s. No one cares about Spider-Man, I guess. Like, they didn't know the movie <laughs> ramifications. They just let him play with the Green Goblin. Like, it was that easy in the 70s. They're like, yeah, sure. Like, it was... I expected, like, some giant story, and then Joe Hill was like, he asked. They said yes. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, I blew Joe Hill's mind because I knew about the one page in the one special that his dad wrote in an X-Men charity book. I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, your dad's a comic fan. That X-Men thing you wrote, that page. And he was like, are you talking about a page in a charity book from the mid-'80s? I'm like, yes, that's correct. Is it the X-Men World Hunger thing? Yeah. yeah. See, it's a comic book legend. Heroes but Against jo- Hunger. But Joe Hill was like, why are we talking about a single page? Uh, but he's writing uh, an entire horror corner. There's a he- pop-up imprint called Hill House, and every book in it sounds like an absolute must-buy. Uh, and, you know, I'm a Vertigo baby, and it looks a lot like It's Vertigo, very so Vertigo-flavored. Uh, and and the, we also talked to, um, like, it's six books to, to launch. I think he's doing either two or three of them. Uh, and Black Label's got a bunch of really cool stuff coming out so keep an eye on dc's black label i'm really excited about it yeah well I, it is interesting as with uh we were talking about kimmy garcia and the dc all ages stuff like uh, we've had a lot of conversations about what sort of the rebranding means or doesn't mean but the books seem to just be rolling on out in beautiful yeah. fashion so bring them on once again you need to know about dc universe it is the ultimate dc membership for dc fans where you can watch read shop and even connect with other fans the message boards in the community are awesome on dc universe it is the home of dc original series like titans doom patrol and young justice outsiders parts one and two the comic library is beyond compare it includes over 20 thousand titles now from classics to recent releases and more complete storylines than ever before it's got man of steel it's got the 2016 harley quinn it's got batman 50 it's got all kinds of historical golden and bronze age books you need to get into and you can watch new animated films like justice league versus the fatal five and the upcoming batman hush along with classic movies like superman and superman 2 you may be familiar with those you maybe want to watch them every day you know you do so you need dc universe it is available on all your favorite devices and you can sign up now at dcuniverse.com slash join. That is dcuniverse.com slash join. Uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie is our next pick. This would have been our pick anyway. Honestly, this was going to be on our list. Um, but surprise. I saw this in previews and I went, about time. Mm. And then I was at Comic-Con and went, you sons of bitches. <laughs> because this is like, there was a, a comic with Miles Morales, I want to say number four, but don't hold me to it. There's a Miles Morales holding Captain America's shield book, and then it came out the week of Civil War. Oh. And, I, and I was like, you sons of, like, I owned it, so I, I felt great about just, like, being a Miles fan. But they literally did the iconic moment from Civil War on a book the Wednesday before that came out on Friday. And sometimes I think these things happen by coincidence. This one, I... No way. This was fake. This I was mean, Kevin Feige being like, hey, Marvel. The though, like, Jason Aaron and Al Ewing are writing this book. Kathy's doing art. The covers of Armamood, Azra, and, uh, like, I'm... I would love to, like, please call us, Jason Aaron, and tell us, was this already in the works? Were you as shocked as everyone else by these developments? Because, obviously, Jason Aaron is a guy with a lot of investment in Jane Foster. He has done probably the most significant work on that character in her history now uh, over the course of, again, seven years of an absolutely legendary Thor run. And as uh, War of the Realms played out, as he gets ready to launch King Thor, his sort of final chapter in his Thor saga... This was a book that already made sense to us. Like you said, it was like, finally. But the timing. I mean. Jason Aaron, a call to arms, giant size heroes, number two of the episode. Tag Jason Aaron. You tell him. Don't harass anyone. You tell him kindly. We'd like to speak with him. And he's welcome anytime because I don't think he lives in Australia like Tom Taylor. I don't think he does. You let Jason Aaron know he's welcome and we want to talk about his comic book. Valkyrie, because I feel like Jason Aaron's going to get harassed by, like, Entertainment Weekly to talk about the movie stuff. No, no. We want to talk about the comic. Send them our way. And I also specifically want to know, I think I referenced this on our panel on Sunday, but, uh, again, the Eisner Awards are the best. I've brought it back. Uh, a few years ago, Jason Aaron won uh, Best Writer, I believe, uh, for a number of his books, including Thor. And I he gave came, got up and gave a speech which has stuck in my heart and my memory um, because it was very funny and very beautiful, but he talked about being very proud of the work he had done, being happy to have it be honored, of course. Um, but he also said, you know, as as we will all remember from this period of time, the Jane Foster Thor storyline was not uh, universally well-received because, again, comic book fans were very mature. Uh, and, 
no, there's no rule that anyone has to like or anything. Uh, that's a separate discussion. It's okay to dislike stuff. It's yeah. not okay to hate stuff for dumb reasons. Uh, but that storyline uh, was uh, loved by many people, and he shouted one out in particular in his speech, which was that if anyone had a problem with Jane Foster Thor, they would have to go through his mother, who yes. was a huge uh, Jane Foster yes. fan. And so that is my question. Has anyone checked in on Jason Aaron and his mom? Uh, because I hope that she is delightful and gets to come to the premiere of Thor Love and Thunder. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie. I, she's a Valkyrie now. What's that about? What's this book going to be like? It's going to be beautiful, and we're going to read it, and it's on our poll list. What do we got next? Marvel's epilogue number one. Oh, okay, so Marvel's is one of my favorite books of all time, and it is it is old now. It's been out for a while. Um, this is a book that takes place from the perspective of the civilian. This is this is reporting. This is news. This is down on our level looking up at these Marvels and they actually, Alex Ross reframed classic pieces of Marvel legend into the perspective from the ground looking up. So you can read a comic from the 60s and then later read Marvels and see the perspective from some tiny little dot from down below. I love that concept. I love it. It's Kurt Busiek, I believe. Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, yeah. Uh, Kurt Busiek wrote the hell out of this singular story that is pretty self-contained and Epilogue is a new story, a continuation. I finally get more Marvels after loving this book for decades. I'm so excited. Uh, so that's very exciting. That's out this week. And finally, we're rounding it out with a, a dark horse pick, uh, literally a dark horse book. It is William Gibson's Alien 3. It is the hardcover collection of the adaptation of the unproduced screenplay for Alien 3 that William Gibson, uh, extremely famous science fiction writer, uh, had originally done. And I'm just excited for this to be out in the world because it's the kind of weird project that you can only do in comics, I feel like. This is the thing we all wanted that Spider-Man announcement to be. Remember that Alex Ross 4? We were like, they're going to adapt Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4. They're actually doing that with Alien. <laughs> so I love that this exists. I love that there's no budget restraints because it's a comic. It's drawings. Uh, so, I mean, different kind of budget restraints. Obviously, comics are – there's there's a tangibleness to it. But uh, I love that they can make it the scope that the script was going to be. I'm excited to read it. I love the Alien franchise. I'm a David Fincher defender. And even I can't really rationalize how Alien 3 happened. Uh, so I want to check this out. And also another Dark Horse book I want to give some love to coming out in October uh, – October 23rd, friend of the show, David Dasmalchian, has a book called Count Crowley. So Aww. David Dasmalchian is one of us. We've talked to him a bunch of times. He's such a nerd. He loves comics. Dark Horse is letting him do a title. Uh, it's called Count Crowley, and that comes out in October. So we're going to talk about it more uh, as time passes. But they announced it at Comic-Con, at Dark Horse. And David was there in a Count Dracula cape uh, meeting fans, and it was That's darling. Beautiful. He's amazing. We also had a lot of Marvel love this week, so bumped it off the list. But me personally, I am dying to read Fearless Number 1, mm, yes. which is from a uh, miniseries that, that Marvel is running with a bunch of fantastic female creators spotlighting a bunch of fantastic female characters and it's also going to have profiles on uh, classic and modern creators uh, and I'm very excited about too that Too big book. of a week. Too yeah, big of a week. Too much going on. Uh, including some wonderful questions from y'all on Twitter. Uh, I am back. We have so much to talk about. James C. Ferguson at Scale Plus Points wants to know, there are a lot of X-Men slash mutant characters. Do we think they would be better served in a movie or a Disney Plus TV show? Koi? Are you in the film industry? I like scale plus points, bro. Uh, I remember <laughs> those conversations. Uh, I believe that those characters would be better served in both. Uh, I think we should have a TV show that lets us have a long-form building of characters, supporting characters especially, where we get to meet mutants. And then I do want them to do what they did with the Avengers. I think individual titles for some X-Men is well overdue. Storm needs a movie. Her origin is fantastic. Her power set is so cinematic. Think of like a Roland Emmerich visual plus an origin story for Storm. And she's a leader of the X-Men. There's plenty to talk about. Um, Cyclops could have his own movie. Uh, I would like personally there not to be some Wolverine for a while. It took 70 freaking – it was a long time before we had Wolverine in the comics. It was it was ninety four issues, I think, uh, of X Men before. If you count the reruns, yes. So it, I think it's about seventy if you don't count them. Yeah, ninety four if you do. Odd, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that first number seventy, but sixty to seventy issues without Wolverine. I would like there to be some movies and shows without Wolverine because it's not Wolverine the X Men all the time, though. That is a great Jason Aaron book. Um, <laughs> so I think TV would be a great place for something like a Generation X or an X Factor, mm. and then have the movies be the X Men. That way they can make the money both directions. And I think that with with this Marvel Phase 4 announcement, we see that that's possible. You can have an X-Men universe that shares back and forth between these universes, and I think that's what they should do. I went, Ask me again once I've seen the Disney Plus shows, because my heart is very torn on this question. My immediate full answer is 
movie. Do them in movies. Do them as big as possible. Do them as full out as possible. Do these wonderful immortal characters that I love at the largest scale you can on the largest screen you can. But the truth is they are an incredible long-form serialized story thing. And in the same way that Sandman on Vertigo is making me really happy because you can't do that in a movie. Right. If you really could full on do a, a, a fully realized X-Men show that rolled out serialized over several years, that might be the best of all possible worlds. I just can't go there yet because I'm not ready to believe that that's like possible. If you'd asked me 10 years ago if Daredevil should be on a movie or TV show, I would have said movie. But then I think Daredevil Netflix is better than 70 percent of the Marvel movies. And I love the Marvel movies. <laughs> I put Daredevil in the top like 15 out of the 23 and that's saying a lot. So uh, it's really tricky to say and it depends on the budget. Okay. Uh, but also, sorry, last thought. Yeah. Think about some comics we've read that are super contained for X-Men because the characters themselves are interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you could have a show have more merit than a movie that would demand a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Like they're like the, the worst X-Men ever miniseries is brilliant. <laughs> that's contained. That's fairly small. And that could be a show. The Ecstatics, uh, just side weird show on Disney Plus. New Ecstatics. Have you read the New Ecstatics book? I haven't read it yet. Oh my god, it's so it feels like home. It's so good. Sorry, we can do this all day. I've been out of town. I have so much to catch up on. Uh, We've got Frump Dunlap, great name at John Goodman. has asked us, and are we Far From Home spoilers? I'd say it's fair. Okay. It's been a Watch month. out, Far From Home spoilers. Since Spidey is going to need help next film, which, side note, we don't know when that's coming yet, fighting slash protecting his identity, how do you feel about Miles being introduced? The blip could make him now of age, and he could have come in contact with the spider in those five years. Hashtag well, stay sweaty. Now, you see, the thing about 2021 mm-hmm. being when we have phase four mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. is that a little movie came out in 2018 called Infinity War that caused a five-year gap. So you may notice that five years after 2018 to 2023, I think Phase 5 of Spider-Man coming out in 2023, and it's canon on time. Right? I mean, that would be amazing. How cool is that? I think Spider-Man 3 takes place in 2023 and comes out in 2023. I think it lines timing back up. Weird thing is that Tom Holland will be the wrong age, but he's got that baby face. It's going to be Tom fine. Holland is forever 16. Uh, I think that uh, Miles Morales being... I don't want Miles yet, or I want Miles to stay Spider-Verse. I, I, th- I don't want Peter to die too young. Yeah, we need more time with Peter. We do. It, it is a very strange thing because Marvel created the perfect opportunity for a bunch of their legacy characters by doing the five-year gap, but they jumped right to the end of it in a way that we're not ready to let these people go yet. So yeah. the five-year gap was a perfect opportunity for Young Avengers. It's a perfect opportunity for Miles Morales. It's a perfect opportunity for a lot of these stories to play out, but we're kind of not ready yet. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see whether they'll go start playing putting this stuff in the middle. We obviously know that there's been superheroes running around because Hulk has been running around having a superhero career that whole time. Right. Uh, so I'm very curious to see if we will go back and add in a lot of these elements or whether it's just going to take a different event to set up some of that legacy stuff when when, and if we eventually get there. Give me Young Avengers, but wait until Sinister Six and then kill my poor boy Tom before we get Miles. <laughs> He could just retire. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not go there. Spider-Man can't retire. He's tried for 60 years. Oh, this actually ties into our next question. Y'all, we're all about the Marvel questions this week. Mr. X616, again, nice name, uh, ask, could Love, Thor Love and Thunder be set during the five-year skip in Endgame? I mean, how else will his movie coming out before Guardians 3 make sense? I think it'll make sense because they'll just tell us that, like, hey, sense. this is what's happening now. That's what I think is we're actually going to roll with it. Not grand plan, but it's an interesting call. What do you think? Uh, all the characters that we know of were in the blip like alive like we're around so conceptually it could work but that means this movie ends with him all sad yeah and I I don't think Taika Waititi directing sad Thor uh, will be good for two hours it'll be funny but it won't be a two hour experience you gotta go on a journey and love and thunder is is to me just zesty 80s pop pizzazz so as Tessa Thompson said as king she needs to find her queen and that of course happens in this movie so I'm gonna say probably not what's happening but I like your thinking I I totally agree and that moment of romance can only occur after after she's already ruler. I do think uh, everyone needs to go back and read a comic called Fearless Defenders. Uh, I'm just very curious how that's all going to play out. Uh, There's a wonderful storyline in that. I'm curious whether Valkyrie has a type and that type is academic people. Who knows? Uh, That's just, I don't necessarily need that to happen, but I'm very curious about the possibilities. So, sweaty question of the week. Let's do it. From Krizia, trying to recover from, it's a long name, uh, at Ms. Absent-Minded. This was my sweaty question of the week because I like to pick uh, these deep, insightful questions such as 5.40 a.m. and still reading Saga. This has overtaken my life. (laughs) I blame hashtag Collider Heroes. Yes. I had to do it. 
I had to end it on this note. Thank Sweaty you. statement of the week is great. You used the hashtag, and I'm assuming that means it was fair game. I'm ter- uh, terribly sorry if not, but you did use the hashtag. Thank you so much for listening and for letting Saga take over your whole life. Koi, what's that like? Do you know what I hear when I hear this? I hear she's team no sleep. What Amy accidentally done? put a sweaty question on Team No Sleep. She's one of us. Oh, no. Welcome to not sleeping. Welcome to being productive. Welcome to Team Saga. Um, <laughs> I finished. I'm in hiatus with you. It happened while you I'm were so away. I'm sorry. I'm now that that last page. I'm I. Oh, good God! And here I am. Will uh, anything ever be okay again? No, no, maybe not. I mean, not until we come back, and then it, maybe not. Not even then. Maybe. How not. mad I'm, are you at all of us who were like, hey, "You're gonna love this book. It's gonna be fun, and you'll be happy all the time." Maybe it's good Brian K. Vaughn wasn't at Comic Con <laughs> because I would have just come up to him and and knelt and and wept. Uh, Fiona Staples too. Fiona Staples or Brian K. Vaughn there would have been dangerous for me because I, I didn't have time to cry. I was too busy. Yeah. Uh, it's real good, the book. Um, it is perfect. It's beautiful. It is powerful. It is everything I want out of a comic book. Uh, I'm so excited it has a finite end date because I feel like that ke- it's going to keep it that quality. Um, Breaking Bad ending in the height of its powers saved it from Dextering. And I feel like with Saga, knowing it's got another 54 issues means I get another year and year and year and year and year. But I also know that it's not going to just go forever. Um, I'm so happy. It's such a good book. Because we all thought it would be like one more arc and then they're done. Uh, Get all of the amount we've had again. But no. So much more. And so much more for us to talk about next time on Giant Size. Thank you so much for listening. Please keep sending your questions. Please tag Tom Taylor. Please <laughs> tag Jason Aaron. Please tag anyone. Just uh, tell them we love them. Just let them know. And we have questions. Uh, and also, uh, once again, anyone that met us at Collider uh, panel or at the con in general, so many people stopped, wanted to take photos, wanted to talk comics, wanted to be interacting with us. That always makes our day. I yeah. love talking comics with you guys. So if you listen to this, especially Giant Size fans, you guys are amazing. Hearing the potato scale get brought up live was such a moment for me. We're like, not over what? it. What? We're not over it. It was, it was a highlight of my con. So thank you all so much for taking this comic journey with us and we love doing it with you so until next week stay stay sweaty. sweaty